for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Run. But first, shut your windows. Hide your apples. Prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host and the human leader of the android underground, Matt Lee. Dun, 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 dun. What's up, guys? It's Thursday? No, it's Wednesday. What's today? It's Wednesday, July 25th, 2012, episode 45, off to a cracking start of your weekly Android podcast, Attack of the Androids. I'm Matt Lee. Joining me tonight, we got some new, some old. We got Joey Kelly. What's up, man? Hey, sorry. I just had my uh, uh, my uh, mic muted because I don't want people to hear me typing, unlike ah. Seth. That's nice. We also have Seth and his typing. What's up, Seth? Hey, hey, I'm back. Oh, now he's muted. Mute work, sure. Fantastic. <laughs> and filling in for both Jeremy Lesniak and Eric Finkenbeiner, we got Shane Brady, fresh back from TAM. What's up, Shane? That's all right, guys. Uh, glad to be here. Shane, good to have you. Uh, quick question before we get into the phone of the moment with Seth. Did you, while you were at TAM, TAM is, for those of you that don't know, the amazing meeting, it's a science skepticism conference uh, that they have every year, uh, the JREF, uh, the great Randy, the skeptics guy, just a huge, awesome uh, meeting of, of skeptics. Did you notice more Apple iOS devices or more Android devices just in your uh, wanderings around there? Just curious. Uh, you know, it honestly was kind of 50-50, but a lot of the speakers, they tended to have uh, iOS devices. Um, but there that were a lot of Android. Um, they were working off of, like for their presentations, or just in general? Oh, just, for phones, they all had iOS, and everybody had Macs. Uh, for their display, for their keynotes. So, for in terms of computers, it was all Macs. Phones in the audience, it was fifty-fifty, and I thought the speakers slanted iOS. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and people from out, uh, people from uh, outside the country, because um, we, you know, there's enough foreign people. There were kind of a, you saw a lot of iPhones, but uh, a lot of people weren't able to use fo- their phones. Period, because they couldn't get a good data plan. Uh, in the United States. Right. Uh, I, I hear so. that's a big problem, that, like, when they're in their home country, like, they have the best plans ever, best contracts, best carriers. But then when they try to go, you know, here to the U.S., and maybe it's just here, maybe Canada also, but we just, our carriers are just, like, ruthless, man. Yeah, I mean, as, you know, hotel Wi-Fi tends to be a rip, Um I was told that people just left their phones off and were afraid to turn them on for the off chance that it grabbed the cell connection and downloaded a bunch of stuff. And then proceeded uh, so, to charge you like $18 for every bit. Yeah, it was – It was. The, uh, I had some friends from the UK or people I met there from the UK, and yeah, they were afraid to turn their phones on. That's how uh, screwed up it is here. Amazing, amazing. All right, Seth, hit us. What's the phone of the moment this week? Well, again, I mean, as many – Weeks. There's not all that much coming out right now, uh, but we had we had have a rumor that's kind of interesting, is that Timo is going to get uh, something called an HT One X Plus. Ooh. Um. Yep. So that just dropped today. 
you know, I, I don't know exactly what this means or if it's even all that exciting. But, you know, the One X is a great phone. Uh, the, they're saying the Plus probably means that it's either going to have, this is from Android and me now, that's going to have either the quad-core Snapdragon S4, which we just saw some rumors come out today. We saw some benchmarks for it, and this pr- performing amazingly well. Or the 1.7 gigahertz quad-core NVIDIA Tegra 3, which is a step up from the Tegra 3 that we all know and love, which is 1.5 gigahertz. Right, and I mean, if you really wanted to, you when if you do root and rom, you can overclock your Tegra three to run at one point eight or at two. Even I think they run pretty stable, so it, it just depends. Okay. Well, so then, uh, I mean, it doesn't look like this is that great of an upgrade. I mean, the processor upgrade seems really nice, uh, so that's pretty significant. But you know, still the same old one X we know and love. Now the question is, is how are they getting LTE out of this stuff? Um, if it's a quad-core Snapdragon S4, you know, right now, like, the GS3 has a dual-core dual Snapdragon S4 with the LT modem built in. So I'm hoping that this has an LT modem built in. I don't I don't know if I know that yet. Um, you said this is for T-Mobile? Yeah, T-Mobile. Yeah, they don't have an LT network right now. That's what I'm, that's what I'm interested, too. Um, but they're... They have plans to get one eventually. They're not as far as Sprint, you know, which is... Actually, has some out now yet, but you know, sort of. But you're right; they probably they're probably not going to have LT on it. Um, but it would still be interesting. About the, I'm still curious if the Snapdragon S4 has LT on it or not. I'm trying to read that right now. I don't know. But anyways, looks like it could be an interesting phone. Everyone um, that I know that has one, I know uh, Mike Rothman from Yats, which we'll be recording after this. Uh, yet another techshow.com. He's got one. Uh, he kind of got it off of your recommendation and me mentioning your recommendation, mm-hmm. and and he he loves it. I mean, he loved That's it so one. much he dropped his first one in the toilet, got a new one. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> sorry, Mike, and uh, he loves that one also. But uh, overall, like we, we've discussed before, some of the shortcomings, you know, about it, you know, it seems like people are are getting over it, and it or they're either getting over it or they're just so amazed at how well the phone works that they're not even realizing, like, ooh, I need this or I need that. You know, what was it? The lack of SD and the the battery, not, you, yeah, you can't lose the battery. A couple other things, right? Um, so I would say uh, this looks like this could be a great phone if you're on Timo. There's, I didn't see any sort of release date or anything. Also, yet, so I'm Seth, guessing in the fall. You might want to point out too that the some other people might want this one on T-Mobile because it comes stock rather than with HTC Sense UI. That's what I heard about, and that HTC Sense is actually a pretty bad. Um, system. That again, we've heard mixed reviews on, and again, I think that comes back to what you're coming over from. If you're on uh, mainly stock experiences, it's not going to bug you, or it the the sense will bug you. But if you're used to these overlays, then maybe you don't care so much. Well, I agree. I agree, sort of, but I think that it's becoming uh, sort of a. I think everyone is sort of like all the tech world, and I, me too. Is sort of coming to the conclusion. We're all sort of like agreeing that uh, Samsung's Nature UI is significantly better than HTC Sense, the Senses UI, even on the One X's. Um, so uh, maybe the Samsung UI you could say is competitive with stock Android. Has some good things, some bad things, but it's nowhere near um, what it should be. Particularly things like their multitasking is really bad. Um, it's just sort of weird side to side multitasking. So the One X, I mean, you're right, Matt, that the One X has uh, significantly 
uh, everything is significant that it's going to come with stock Android. At least that's what they're saying here. This One X Plus. Might and it depends Android. your use case. Some people maybe use these devices and they get more. They get a better experience from the the overlays. Uh, other people, and again, it goes back to Maybe. your use case, and everyone's yeah. different, which is why we have so much choice. But I do think, yeah, yeah, this is definitely less good. It's probably better than Motorola, less good than Samsung right now. Right. All right, Ant Pruitt from yet another show dot com. What's up, my man? Oh, I couldn't tell you. Just another day in paradise. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> Like like you said, done, Seth, uh, this has the the new quad core Snapdragon S4 Pro, or or it'll have the Tegra or the one seven yeah. Tegra, right? Yeah. So that, you know, that's Matt, pretty cool. I do I do want to have one more update on my GS3 here. Um, okay, well we got some other GS3 news. Uh, let's let's hold off on that for a sec. I wanted to sure, mention sure. while we're talking about Qualcomm, did you guys see this on a uh, beta news? Uh, Qualcomm unleashes the fastest and most expensive Android tablet yet. I know maybe speed, they want it fast for those of you who care about performance. They want it expensive for those of you that care about wasting money. I mean, this covers, you know, the Apple people and the Android people, I feel like. This is this is really good. Uh, they say quad-core 1.5 gigahertz crate CPU. That's K-R-A-I-T. I've never heard of them. Have you guys at all? Uh, it powers the tablet together with 2 gigs of RAM and the Adreno 320, which uh, I think that's pretty sweet, making for an incredibly fast system with a 13-megapixel camera, 1080p video recording. Uh, the tablet comes with Android 404, 4.04 out of the box, uh, and Jelly Bean, not out of the question, but hey, you might, you might be waiting uh, a minute, so uh, this all could be yours. <laughs> On B Square for the low, low price of thirteen hundred dollars. <laughs> ah! Tablet? You're out of your mind. This is, this is just the developer tablet. Though, You're right? out, this is yeah. Just so people can learn how the. I don't process care. Works. I don't care if this had the Ten Commandments inscribed from God Himself on it. Twelve, thirteen hundred bucks? No way. Nope. 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 Uh, the dual-core Snapdragon S4 that's available today in the very popular Galaxy S3 and the One X, or XL if you're international, uh, when not paired with a battery, hogging LTE radio is an excellent performer in terms of endurance, they say, uh, with the quad-core Snapdragon S4 Pro likely to offer similar performance when it comes to a battery life. So, just another tablet looks just like all the other tablets, minus the big Qualcomm logo on the top of it, but... Uh, it's good to see more competition, I, I guess. Not at $1,300. But Do you consider that competition? Who's going to buy that? Like I said, who are the people that buy overpriced, un- overbranded no, items? This is not meant for consumers to buy. Obviously. This is, this is just meant for people to develop on. But I think, I think the interesting part here is this Snapdragon S4, the quad-core, which will be a, an impressive chip. And the um, Adreno 320 GPU. Because that's yeah. taking more strain or taking strain off of the the quad core or whatever, and and having dedicated graph. I mean, that's amazing. That, that's how you do it for sure. Right. I, I you know I I don't see anything in this article again. Like I said, whether there's LTE in it or not. Right. And I mean, does that matter with tablets? I feel like the phone tether it. I mean, why do you yeah, need your this tablet? Could be a, this could be a smartphone chip. 
I mean, sure. right? The S4. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they say or, currently and, the tablet is being labeled and, as an MDP, which means that it only targets developers, like you said. Uh, yeah. And that should come as no surprise to anyone, they say, if we're going to be seeing the Snapdragon S4 Pro chipset in future smartphones and tablets. And, you know, I think, Matt, uh, I, know, I agree with you currently that LTE is not important on tablets, but as, like... AT&T and Verizon force people onto these shared plans. Although AT&T is not forcing you. Neither Verizon is Verizon is. unless you have to upgrade. <laughs> yeah, but so the, but I mean like in 3 years everyone will be on a I mean you know I mean like people just right. people move. But they, how they, many people do you know if you have a tablet? How many people do you know that just have a tablet? Everybody I know has a phone and then they maybe have a tablet, but nobody I know has just a tablet but what, and but no what smartphone. what I'm saying is I agree. What I'm saying, though, is that if I could hook up my tablet, my LTE tablet, to my 10 gigabyte bucket of data, I'd probably spend 10 bucks a month to do that. So I don't have to, I mean, so I wouldn't have to, like, take out my phone, set up a Wi-Fi connection, make sure it's running, drain the battery on my phone. Uh, I would instead just have my tablet running, you know, for 10 bucks a month. So I think now that Verizon has forced people onto these family plans, the LTE-enabled tablet is becoming more and more attractive, in my opinion. Sure. I, I don't know. I, I It seems like an additional waste to me, but I'm I'm in that mind frame that I'm going to get my, my phone, I'm going to completely unlock it, I'm going to root it and ROM it, and I'm not going to pay for tethering. I'm going to hold on to my unlimited plan because I have a Galaxy Nexus, so I'm good there. Uh, and if I want more speed, I'll just get a new tablet. I'm not going to worry about upgrading my phone because I don't want to lose that unlimited plan so and a different use case the normal everyday person is probably you know not doing that but and, and right when the ipad came out there was 3g already right the first ipad one you get a 3g model and then people still mostly use them sitting on their couch so oh, even couch. With, yeah so even with that capability the use case is still mainly in your house so unless you're one of those people who can't get a decent broadband connection um LT is neat and I, it, it could be handy, but just it, I don't think it's a big deal now. And I feel like you really only need one device with it. I don't feel like you need every device in your home on it because they have Wi-Fi tethering. Like, use it. That's <laughs> that's what it's made for, you know. Yeah, what I actually did at uh, Tam, and not to talk about Tam again. I actually got, no, I uh, love Tam. Uh, I got a a Net Zero hotspot that you do month to month. Uh, and uh, that was LTE capability or, or, or WiMAX, and that worked out pretty good too when I was traveling on the road where I wouldn't have a uh, Wi-Fi connection. Just uh, pay the $50 for the data for the month when I need it, and good to go. That sounds like a really great idea, for sure. I mean, I had three devices hooked up to it, so it worked out well. And no no lag? How are the speed tests? Getting pretty decent? Because we all know, maybe if you don't know, if you've never been to these conferences... There's so many people in one area, which is maybe covered by, what, two or three cell towers at the most? And so those towers get way over flooded. And maybe in a big city like Vegas, they have more than three covering that one area. But like places like here, you know, you have one or two towers for, and that's it. But so people oversaturate them, and then when you're inside the conference room, you get really terrible connections. So trying to live blog or do anything online is, is next to impossible, which is why you need to, to bring your own. 
which is what yeah, Shane did. I, I can tell you that iPhone users had more trouble getting cell connections than the Android users. Um, and in the conference room, I was consistently getting six up, six down. And in my um, my hotel room, it was two up, two down because I had a bad signal. Right. Well, that's cool. All right, uh, going back to the S3, Seth, you've had another what week, week and a half of of playing uh, with it. Just a few, just a few more comments for people who are sure. curious. I'll go fast. Um, I've noticed now that my battery, there must be some sort of bug or something, where every once in a while my battery will just drain, like in, super fast, even though I'm on my Wi-Fi connection at home. So it's not like I'm using. I shouldn't be using my data, so I'm not sure what's going on. Now, like, are, are you going... I would going... wake up at like 8 in the morning, and then by 11, my battery would have like 30% left. Are you going into your battery settings, like we got here, and then yeah, I seeing... Am. I am, and it said something like phone standby was taking up 60% of the battery. Your and cell, so then I went, cell I went, standby? Yeah. And or so phone then I went and, idle, because... What? Is it cell standby or phone idle? Cell standby. For Okay. So then I Googled something, and they said that there was, like, some sort of bug that was – it was all reporting what the actual cell standby was. And if you had it if you had it rooted, you could download a hack and get it right. And so I don't know what's going on there, but I have noticed that a couple times um, cell standby is using 60% of my battery, and my battery drains in, like, two hours. So what that sounds like is that it's – it thinks that it's not getting a good signal, so it's boosting its antenna to as much as it can, which is sucking your battery down. It's really strange because I have good. I always have good signal in my house, and I'm on my Wi-Fi. But so I, I'm just really confused what's going on. If it's reporting it wrong, then it's then it's a bug in the. In yeah, the but system. what could possibly be draining my phone in two hours? I mean, like even LTE doesn't do that. So it I'm just, does. And then it gets really hot too. No, that's if that's what it is. On my phone, if I bounce between Edge and 3G a lot, that kills the battery if I'm in a bad area. Like and it that. heats so it up. So if you're on the borderline between that, it's going to boost the no. signal, which is going to make it heat up more also. No, right? I just mean like I'm on my Wi-Fi at home. Right. But listen, when you're on Wi-Fi, yeah. you still have a cell standby signal. Like if I turn my Wi-Fi on, my cell signal it, up at the top there, it's still there. And if I'm at a place that there's not very good reception, it's still going to use it. Now, if you turn that completely off, like go turn airplane mode on and then turn just the Wi-Fi on, that'll prevent that from happening. I, I, I know exactly what you're saying, but I'm just saying it appears to me as a user, a bug. Yeah, it is for sure. Because I'll be it using is. it for yeah. a week at a time and it'll, and it'll work perfectly. And then like one day... It'll drain in like two hours. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, no, that's definitely a bug. But um, yeah. when you can you reboot the phone and does that fix it? Yeah, no, it does. I actually did that once, and it seemed like it like it did something, and it started working again for a couple better. days. Like battery, and then it goes battery. Back. Yeah, right. So it's just it just happens like once every. I, I think I've had it what two three weeks now. It's happened twice to me, where my phone has died basically two hours, and I, I don't understand. So there's that... like there's something. That, so there's just a bug that happens. Did but. you try to upgrade the radios or see if there are any new radios? For, there's, not, there's nothing there new isn't? for the okay. Verizon one. Because that yeah. kind of sounds like the problem I was having with my, my GeneX before I flashed Jelly Bean on it, where when I would turn my Wi-Fi off, I couldn't connect to 3G and had to actually reboot it. And if yeah. I actually left it that way, it would just totally suck the battery down. So, so okay, what else? So then, let's see. Now a couple of things are, as, as I've been using this more, I, by the way, I still love it. It's a great phone. Um I'm a little, I, you know, when I first was talking about the GeneX, I was really upset that it had these hard key buttons on the bottom, uh, and I still don't like one aspect of it. 
I still don't like that. Um, I, okay, there's two things. I really like the fact that it does save screen space. Like I was playing with my wife's GeneX, and I did notice that the buttons on the bottom do take up a fair amount of space, right, compared to – because this one doesn't have those soft key buttons on the screen, so all that screen real estate is now dedicated to whatever I'm using, which is nice. But the problem is is that I never I never use multitasking anymore because it's this long press. You know, there, there's this physical key in the bottom here, and to multitask you have to press – I'm doing that pinky – Oh, wait, to really? Press this physical button. You don't have the the side this button here that will. No, bring not up at all. Your... So here's my home screen. Oh, that's lame. Yeah, so here's See, my home screen. It's right? that kind of there's stuff. No, there's when, no multitasking. When carriers tweak with that kind of stuff, that's what really bugs well, but, me because so that's that taking your GeneX though. See the see my see but on my on my I don't have see those that's soft screen buttons. Did that. But you see that soft screen that's takes it. up real space, right? Those buttons do. Whereas I don't have any screen real estate being used up by those soft screen buttons. And you know what? I've... Which I like, I like, but I hate that that I hate that I have to long press it to get to my multitasking. You can't. And I map find myself it. never using it because it ends up being it's like a two second. It's like a yeah. one one thousand two. It's like a it's two unnecessary. Take what's that on a back button? What's that? No back button either. No, there is. There's the, you can't see. Oh, there they light, they light up. Oh, they light okay. up. I saw it, didn't they? Yeah, they light up. And actually, I love that because I actually like those buttons. And I wish they had just gotten rid of this hard key button. And they made them all sort of these, what are these, capacitive buttons or something See, like that? See, I was, I was the opposite because I had a Droid and then a Droid X. Like, I was completely mm-hmm. used to pressing buttons. And when I, when I would mess with friends of mine who had phones that just had, like, the soft buttons, I always, because of how I got used to holding the Droid X, I always got used to rubbing my fingers across here and that would always hit the the soft key buttons, and so I I thought it was the worst. But after you use it for a while, you get used to having them there, and you just hold it differently. But it, yeah, it's... I can't wait to get off of physical buttons myself. Well, so this, I mean, it's kind. I guess it's kind of you know you lose something either way, right? I like having that real screen real estate back, um, but I hate not being able to multitask. Like with my when I was when I used my wife's Genex for a week. Like, I use that multitasking button all the time, and that's how I got around my phone. I no longer do that. Now I, like, press the back button and, you know. The only thing I really use it for is when I'm, I am I read articles in my sixth sense, and then if I want to share them to Google Plus or to Seismic, which will then post to Twitter and Facebook, mm-hmm. I use that to go back and forth, to copy the link, share it, and then to go back. And it's really handy for that, but other than that, I, it's kind of, pointless. I mean, well, I used the multitasking button a lot when I was when I was using her phone for a week or whatever, and I thought it was really neat to be able to flip back and forth between programs, and it was fast. But now it's like this, like, it's really, it's like a two-second delay, and it's just a huge pain to be like, one, two. All right, well, what, el- what else it. did you did you want to say about that? Those I'll... are basically the two things, was okay. uh, sort of the soft screen, the buttons, and then just the, the battery being eaten up. But so far, I'm still liking the phone, taking great pictures. It's good. It's a good phone. Cool. What about the size? Yeah, hey, I mean, size than the size doesn't matter. Uh, I, you know, I I I, I use the GeneX for a while, and I think that uh, the GeneX has a lot bigger top bezel, and so to me, I hardly can see any difference in size. Like I hold them up next to go, this is actually thinner. Yeah, this is actually thinner. Um, but is it GeneX. curved or is it is it straight? Because I find no, it's not curved. The Droid X being totally straight, and the I mean we've mentioned this before, but having the Nexus in your pocket backwards so that the curve goes to your leg, it's so I hate having this X in my pocket now. Like it feels like a brick. 
just oh. that slight curve is just enough to make it go gently right right on your leg and it's it's perfect the the size i only like it um i i like the big screen i like it does you know people worry about a thing in your pocket but it's so thin and i mean i'm i'm like i guess i'm a guy that wears I don't wear like super tight pants. <laughs> You're not <laughs> so a hipster. Like, Hipsters aren't yeah, gonna so like this. It like fits in my pocket with plenty of space, and yeah, uh, the, the size has only been a good thing for me. Uh, I don't think I want it much bigger because this, to me, is the very edge of sort of one hand usage. You know what I mean? Like, I can still get my thumb almost everywhere on the screen, but if it were to get any bigger, I wouldn't be. I would lose one hand usage and have to go to two. So yeah. right now, I can still do pretty much everything with one hand. Now, isn't that UI more based on what Samsung did, not necessarily Verizon, far as it having the one button down there, the one physical hard button? Yeah, this is totally necessarily. Samsung. Yeah, okay. this is standard across all the Galaxy Next, all the GS3s. That's what I thought. International, Sprint, AT&T, they're all the same. So, I picked up, um, I've held one of the Sprint versions, and I finally held one of the Verizon versions the other day at the office, and... I like that phone, but man, it is so light. Yeah, you know? it is. It's, it's it's like it's almost scary. It's like it's it's delicate. You know what I mean? That's just my opinion. <laughs> you got no it, like, to treat it like like you know a, what I mean? A delicate flower. Uh, Shane, you've been messing around more with uh, Jelly Bean and Google Now. You wrote an article on a new domain dot net uh, about it. I wanted to maybe give our listeners a couple of tips uh, on, on Jelly Bean if they have it. Here's something I learned uh, the other day. If you pull down your notification bar and you see that the top one is an email there, if you use two fingers, you can swipe up and down, and that will reveal more information about the email. Uh, it was just something I was messing around with. I, I figured that out the other day. I was like, whoa. That's kind of cool. So some, if, if it, uh, email initially comes in, it shows you who it's from and maybe their picture. If you two, two fingers swipe down on it, it'll show you the body of the email in your notifications, which is pretty cool. I remember them talking about that in the keynote. Did they have that in the keynote? Yep, they yeah, did. Yeah, they mentioned oh, it. Oh, yeah. well, sweet deal. It, I must have missed it, that. It, I, did, I have a hard time figuring it out only because I have – very fat fingers apparently and it's <laughs> even on a galaxy net even on nexus it's not that much space so uh it does it for you hands. just one finger swipe <laughs> yeah, <I wish. laughs> that's pretty not, cool not so quite. ever since i found that i've been like two fingers swiping everything just to see if like just anything else it? yeah yeah well yeah. just to see if any other apps do it and so far it's only gmail that i've noticed that does it i but. think tune tune in pro uses it now Ooh, so there's really? so yeah, I think apps are slowly updating it. Um, you know, ones that I use on a daily basis, that, uh, not many have started using it. But the email one's most, and the calendar is the most important one for me. So that works out well. Calendar is awesome. And when you use Calendar with Google Now and you have your locations in, it, it's just fantastic. So what? What? tell us a little bit about your experience with the uh, Google Now. You brought it to Tam with you to... Yeah, so the idea was uh, I'm uh, I'm fairly familiar with Vegas, but I don't know every you know I don't know everywhere. The idea was this would be something that I could use to kind of find cool places in in Vegas. I'm traveling, so the the, the stereotypical flight information is important, uh, travel times and all that. Um, and you're letting so, it do this based off of your Google account and what you've been searching, or did you? Uh, go ahead and put a bunch of searches in so that it would have information to work off of. So, I, so I, I yeah, I, I kind of uh, for 
I searched for flight information because um, I, I actually found experimenting with that. I actually found I liked it better than going to flight stats or something for quick information. So then it gets pulled in. Um, but stuff I didn't do was put in like uh, search my hotel or anything like that. Or, but I, I did put the airport location in my calendar so that Google now could tell me when to get there. Um, so one of the things I noticed quite off the bat that Google now, at least for me, didn't account for um, like check-in time when it, t- when it tells you you have to go. Really? So it was, yeah, now it, it, this is just my experience. So it told me 45 minutes before my flight, okay, it's time for you to go because that's all it takes me to get to the airport. Uh, which was, so obviously I was or I did not wait for Google now to tell me I was I, I went ahead. So that just uh, sounds like lack of extra signaling. They got the traffic signal in there. They got the the actual distance signal in there. What they need is an uh, TSA average of check in times, maybe depending on where you're going. I mean, it could be easily added, right? Yeah, or just do the standard two hours, right? Because that's what that's the TSA sure sure yeah you. yeah and. And one additional thing I thought would be neat if they could do, and I don't know if it's even possible to airports, is account for how long it takes you to find parking. And, uh, <laughs> so the Kansas, the Kansas City Airport's not a huge hub of traffic, except it was the day after the Major League All-Star game that right. I was flying. So there was no parking. So that was like an extra 25, 30 minutes of driving So around. technically, if they hooked up with the airports, they could get the information from the parking meters. That would tell you how full it is, which would then go into an algorithm, which would tabulate about how long it may take you. Or, or suggest instead of driving around the circle parking, go to economy parking. Or, like or it could use satellites, take pictures of the parking, find the empty <laughs> spots, and show you on your phone where the empty spots are. Boom! The guy in the sky. Boom! Do it, Google. Yeah. Do it, Googs. Yeah. That's not creepy, right? Come on, Google. No, 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 that's not creepy at all. That would be awesome. Um, so the, the the things that Google now was good about though was was flight delays. Uh, once I landed, um, it told me you know uh, the t- got me the temperature, the weather. Um, I initially um, it did like show that there was like a restaurant around like in the airport if I wanted to get something to eat before I left. Um, but since I already knew where I was going, I didn't need like direction so so basically nothing happened till the next day um when i start getting sport uh sports scores uh the weather reports again it always tells you what time it is at home yeah which is kind of neat because with a two-hour time difference um i always screwed up and you know my my wife is two hours ahead of me it seems like too if you always keep it in your mind what time it is back home maybe your jet lag would be a little less just because you're not completely in the reality of the new time zone. There's something still tethering you to your home zone, you know? I, I don't know. It seemed like psychologically it would, you know, as long as you, you keep it in your mind that it's this time at home and the, the time I'm in now is fake time, like, like you wouldn't suffer it as bad. Yeah, I, I don't travel enough to know if that's a yeah, thing, if that, if right. that helps. So, so do, all of that, uh, you said the flight information worked really well. Is this us seeing uh, some of what Google purchased and acquired in all of the flight stuff, the the uh, scheduling and everything? Is it feeding? Yeah, so I, well, I wasn't sure about that was I flew Southwest, and I didn't think they were in, Southwest was included in a lot of those services, but I could be wrong. Hmm. Um but they do a pretty good job. I mean, they do a pretty good job of getting information. And so, those acquisitions you, make a lot more sense now. 
having Google Now because we didn't know anything oh, yeah. about Google Now back then when they were first. So everyone was like, "Oh, it's going to be for search and for the for buying it," which it was, but it makes more sense, you know, for for this for Google Now. Help yeah. me to understand about Google Now. Is it more as a, a a service that runs in the Android background, or is it a specific? App. It's part of Jellybean of the Jellybean okay. framework, right? Yeah. Right, Shane. Okay. And then yeah. there's different parts of it depending on what kind of information you have in your phone. So, like for me, I have a lot of my my calendar stuff here, uh, and a lot of those have addresses. So it it takes from there. And it shows you, you know what the cards are, right? And it, it shows mm-hmm, you cards. Okay, so different cards have different uh, areas of information. And and like we mentioned last week, you can hold down home and pull up, and that'll that'll bring you right to the the Google Now screen. And so you can have your different your different cards here, depending on what you have, what what you're using, and you can add it. So it's showing me the weather, and then it's showing me we have yats uh, at at nine o'clock my time in the Google Hangouts. And then you can show like I'm not a sports fan, so I don't care about any of those, or uh, we don't have traffic info. So every day it takes me ten minutes to get to work, which is okay, cool. But <laughs> yeah, it, and, oh, it should, it should be pointed out again that you have to explicitly sign up for Google now. It does right. not just start. Uh, push information which is that you. that's Google learning <laughs> from their previous yeah. opt-in opt-out opt-in opt-out opt and actually I actually had to turn my web search history on because I had turned it off years ago for some reason and uh, it's like when I first got the phone like the first day I'm like well nothing, nothing's happening it's kind of that right it on. made me glad that I don't care about privacy and that I just enable everything on, on when it comes to those kinds of things like hey collect anonymous statistics if it's going to really help make it better why not I really don't care that you know what I'm searching for it's SSL now so the people here that are going to you know care about what I'm searching for can't anyway so what's the big deal and it really the more I mean I've been using this for years and it just the information that it's able to give back to me now in hindsight seems well worth the information that I've put in. It's like take a penny, leave a penny, you know? Yeah, and I think one thing that stood out for me, I mentioned in the article, was how great the voice dictation is. Oh, oh so brilliant. I'm in, have, how, many, how many people here have been to the Las Vegas airport? Oh, yeah. McCarran? Yeah, McCarran. Oh, yeah. So there's there's slot machines, there's noise in the background, and I'm just I'm doing tech... I'm, talking over Google Talk with my wife and my friend over, only over my voice and it gets every word. It was amazing. And that was over 3G. I wasn't on a Wi-Fi. Did so you download was, the offline? Yeah. Well, actually, when I installed the ROM, it had the offline. Oh, nice. Um, so it's only 22 megs. Yeah, yeah. And it makes <laughs> so much difference having it. Yeah, I, I do it on Edge because I li- where I live, we don't have 3G. I have Edge. I'm about 25 minutes from 3G. Uh so I use it. I can even use it all the time. Um, just driving around here and doing searches and getting the weather, um, that type of stuff. So it's it. it I use mostly out of. Uh, I use it uh, the voice dictation a lot out of Google Now. Obviously, you're like, you know, what's do I need an umbrella? What's the weather like? How hot's it going to be? Uh, when I heard a hot. a cool tip, uh, I heard on on another podcast. I think it might have been Droid Nation. I was listening to. But he said it was kind of annoying how when you go and you swipe up and you get the Google Now, then you have to tap the mic button, and then you can say Google and give it commands. He said you can make a a shortcut 
to in your apps, if you go into your app drawer, there's an app called Voice Search. Voice Search will open and start the mic, and then you can start talking. So rather than using the one shortcut and having to tap mic, if you just use Voice Search, it'll fire it up automatically um, running. So, but there's a setting cool little, where... That only turns on and off the Google command, right? I thought is what that's the one you're talking about is in settings, uh, in voice, or maybe okay. It's, so yeah, hot word can, detection. It's right there, hot word detection. You can turn that on and off. Yeah, at least on mine. I, mean, I have to go to I have to go to Google Home, but then I can just say Google. You still have to tap talking. the mic button though to turn. No, it I, on. I don't though. Oh really? Yeah, I've maybe never I'm had confused to. then. Because if you just go up, oh, okay, Google. Okay, and then it is running. You're right. So maybe yeah. they were talking about the old voice search where you had to actually tap the button to get it to start. So never mind. Scratch yeah, that. Yeah, that, that, that <laughs> Howard detection is new. And it makes a difference because when you're driving and you just want to be able to get a quick search or yeah. get direction, it works pretty good. That's way cool. Um. So I, I did the experience, though, after I got to Vegas where I didn't get a lot of information pushed to me. And so Google now kind of faded away. And I, I think it's a combination of... I kind of know where I was going, so I didn't do a lot of searches, and I didn't need directions to get to anywhere in, in Las Vegas. Well, that right? and it also depends what priority you have your different cards set up to. I noticed yeah. certain ones are set default to only show in the morning and only show at night. Other ones only show for your drive home, which it assumes is five unless you've changed that. But you can set different priorities within each of the cards, so... Yeah, Google now knows that when I leave for work, I leave at 4 in the morning, or no, 5 in the morning. So it already has got that card up by about 3 a.m. Tell me what my commute is like. Yeah, that's and really cool smart. if you live in an area that has traffic info. That that would be way cool. And it's my also smart enough to know that I need to take a different route home than I come because it's faster. So it's my question smart. to you guys with this, with this service Um I'm assuming it's more beneficial for people that constantly have their GPS on. Um, if not, it's pretty much just another Wolfram Alfram, however you say his name. Uh, not yeah, necessarily. It it only like it's not running my GPS all day. If that's what you're asking, it it's not draining the battery because it has to have the GPS on all the time. Oh no! Yeah. What I'm saying, if someone never has their location showing. Because there are people like that. They, they turn that, that location off by default. They don't want... Oh, yeah. It needs thing. signals to base it on. Okay. Yeah. You would lose a lot, I think, if you, if you didn't have that. Well, I feel like if you're one of those kinds of people, why are you even using this? Why are you using Google anything? Valid point. I mean, just, you know... So, all right, uh, let's move on a little bit. Uh, talking about the Olympics, we were kind of talking about this on Yats and how people are going to watch it, uh, streaming, hangouts, uh, what have you. We mentioned Google was partnering with NBC to stream everything, basically. Well, if you're on Android Jelly Bean, hear a story out of ZNet, ZDNet, they said uh, you're not going to get it. Not going to get it. And, like, I... I give two poos less about <laughs> sports in general Olympics. I fall disc frisbee golf. Oh. That's all I really care about. Uh, and I really don't even care about that. It's just fun. Um, there's an, uh, there's an update. Oh, it's story. Oh, please. Well, let's, let's mention the story first. Uh, they said the, uh, they, they said that. What, what is it? 
There's this is all blah 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 blah. Update. I've received reports that the Galaxy Nexus GSM updated to Jelly Bean can run the Olympics apps, but the Nexus 7 and other various phones running AOSP ROMs cannot. Is that what you were gonna? Uh, well, just at the top of that link, it says Google appears to resolve the, applic- the Olympics application issues with Google Play on the Nexus 7. Oh, well, cool then. So I'm going to verify that. Though. So, okay, he said, uh, despite my current mental state of enduring 97 degree heat with 120% humidity, that was blah, 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 it turns <laughs> out NBC does have some cool new apps for the Olympic Games. There are two. Uh, the first is an event summary scoring news metal count application. That is so metal, uh, which has some neat social networking integration stuff. And the second, called the Live Extra, allows you to view live video feeds of all the events, provided you have some form of TV subscription. You you know, you got to subscribe to something. I mean, Netflix, Uh, that probably doesn't count, I'm going to guess. Aren't the Olympics Olympics on public television? Yeah, it's on NBC, but that's what I don't understand. They want you to be on some type of cord i know which i if i have the cord why am i watching you know ah, it's so aggravating sometimes uh and yes both apps exist on ios and android uh they were both written using adobe's cross-platform toolkit was that adobe air that they're using for these oh god that's gonna be terrible don't say that is it not air How quickly can I uninstall? Because Air is horrendous, but is that what they're using? Um, So it allows you to take Flash code and compile it natively on either iOS and Android. Uh, So this guy, girl, whoever installed the iPad version from the App Store first, runs, no problem, no content, but things aren't going on until the 27th. Next, whips out the Nexus 7, search for Olympics and Google Play, and nope! All he gets are third-party results. Like you said, is this has been fixed, hopefully, maybe? Yep, yep, they, upda- they updated it this morning. It looks like the dates for the latest versions are from the 25th, so... Okay, well, I, good and, deal. But but, uh, but this points out, I mean, the, uh, an issue with people making their apps very uh, version-specific. Well, and what their main point here is, it's Jason Perlow writing. He says... Did Google screw up by leaving legacy mobile Flash support out of Jelly Bean? Because it looks like it was based on Flash, right? And really, Flash, I mean, Flash, ugh. But it wasn't Google's decision to not, to not continue Flash. That was all Adobe. Right. Because they so- know that HTML5 can do what Flash does. It can do it better. It can do it more securely. And it can, Less resources, too, it, right? Exactly. More, way, way better. And I mean, you can run Flash on Jelly Bean. It's just not supported. <laughs> and it may cause, you know, which, I mean, how are you going to know the difference if it's Flash causing the problem? You know, like Flash is, Flash always had problems. <laughs> I mean, it's not. Uh, yeah, Flash is pretty terrible. That's what I'm saying. Like, how do you know that if it's, oh, because of Jelly Bean or is it just Flash being a piece, you know? So. All right. I'm, well, looking, I'm looking at this app. You're trying to need the cord. They, I have to be honest. They have a lot of providers in there. If you can see that at all. I oh mean, wow! So I have Dish, so I can just plug in my Dish password and it'll verify. And to be honest, this is the only way I'm going to watch the Olympics is if I can just watch it on my uh, my tablet. I'm not going to sit down on the TV and watch stuff. 
to be honest, I'm I'm not even gonna watch it. So, all right, blasphemy. Do you really? <laughs> I, I love watch the Summer Olympics. F- how level. can you sit and watch? I just there's nothing interesting about that. To me, it's it's just people being. I get you're being entertained and stuff, but it just seems like the biggest distraction. It reminds me of the Roman days with Caesar and just. How do you control people? Give them food, give them drink, give them entertainment. Done and done. Like, that that's all it reminds me of. And I, I just, I can't. Well, I think there's, I mean, I'm not going to watch, uh, like, some more, uh, actually, I don't know what the, I don't know what the equivalent of figure skating is in the uh, Summer Olympics in terms of <laughs> sports, sports I would never watch. <laughs> like, the boxing, that's interesting. Uh, is it? Track See, that, I, I don't want to get into this you debate. I just synchronized swimming, Shane. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what I won't watch. <laughs> or, or swimming ballet or horse ballet. It's like watching bowling. <laughs> That's I, I don't know. It's like I would watching watch golf. bowling before figure skating. <laughs> hey, there is nothing want, wrong with watching bowling if you like to see big black balls hitting little white pins. <laughs> All right. I'm not editing that out. Rim I'm shot. Just gonna say. <laughs> All right, we got some uh, interesting research here. These guys used NFC to attack Android and Nokia smartphones. They found flaws. In NFC implementations in both of these groups, and you can compromise, huh? Ah, uh, this was coming out of Vegas, of course, from the Black Hat Conference. Uh, Charlie Miller is his name, security specialist. He demonstrated a way to hijack Android smartphone via NFC. Uh, that's turned on by default, which I don't know. We don't really use NFC up here much, so I just turn mine off anyway. It just seemed like an extra drain on the battery that was unnecessary. Um, so maybe, I guess, if you don't want to get hacked, <laughs> turn it off. But uh, the, I'm sure this is just proof of concept still anyway. Uh, he found problems with N- NFC implementations in Nokia also. Uh, NFC tags have built-in antennas that are found in stickers and smart cards that are designed to transfer data to NFC readers, send specific phone numbers and web addresses to smartphones and other benign purposes. The ones this I really like... I exploit, right? What? This isn't the first exploit found with NFC, right? Oh, no, I doubt it. Not at all. But I, I do like the, the possibility for it. Like, say I own a restaurant and I just have a little NFC here and as you walk in it asks you do you want to check in on latitude or foursquare or whatever other check in facebook you know um there there's a lot of cool stuff i i would like to be able to maybe unlock my house with it you know nfc i mean there's a lot of cool stuff you can do like that uh without having to get your phone out double that with uh in, in a new interface like google glass or you can put them on clothes i mean there's there's a lot of possibilities once people start writing the apps to do this stuff it's pretty neat but this, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I wonder if that's Android Beam that it's it's exploiting. Uh, it says here can... that the uh, attacks using NFC typically involve someone using a hidden reader to surreptitiously snag data from an NFC-enabled card in someone's pocket. Uh, but in this case, the risk is a tag sending a smartphone to a malicious website via the Android Beam feature without okay. the user's consent. So once, I mean. If you can auto-send someone to a website, just any website, like there's always the possibility that I'm going to hijack that session and do what I want with it. Send them to a new, it's, a new domain.net. Or send, yeah, right. Or send them you know to what? a site 
that's going to auto download some malware that's going to add you to my botnet. You know, there, there's there's a ton of things. The problem is, why are you sending my phone to a site without me clicking yes? That's the problem. Well, it might be. An, I never use Android Beam. I use the payment stuff now and then, but I think I'll just turn that off. Is so Android Beam is different than. The NFC here in the settings? I've never noticed two separate ones. And, yeah, Android Beam uses NFC. Um, I don't think... I think, I think Android... Um, hold on, I, I know this, because I've been working on this for a while. Oh, this, yeah, because I'm doing S-Beam, forget it. Android Beam just uses NFC, and that's why you can only send websites and stuff like that, and you can't send pictures. So it's like QR codes. S- I can have a malicious... Yeah, but S-Beam, Q- but like for on the... On the, on the GS3 with something called S-Beam, which actually uses your Wi-Fi, whatever, Wi-Fi Direct to send between phones, basically. So then you can send pictures and stuff back and forth, which I still haven't gotten to work yet. Well, is that what's (laughs) going to be used on the Q? Is it S-Beam or or Beam? Well, S-Beam, I think, is just Samsung, right? Samsung developed their own, like, proprietary way to use that Wi-Fi Direct to send between Samsung phones. So, Seth, did you say Wi-Fi Direct is the one you were trying to use, or...? No, I was trying to use everything, Wi-Fi Direct, oh, S-Beam, okay. and I couldn't get anything to work. Although I did get <laughs> I did get Android Beam to work between mine and then my wife's Okay, GX. so there are two boxes, NFC. It's in, um, if you go into your settings, click more mm-hmm. or tap more. Uh, it's right there, NFC, and then Android Beam. And you have to have NFC on for Beam to work, but you don't have to have Beam on for NFC to work. Right. Got it. Yeah, and I'm seeing those those pay stations that you can use uh, the phone for more often now. Yeah, I know um, PayPal just updated their app. I don't know. I should start trying that here because I, I do notice even where I work at, we got a new credit card reader and built into it. It has some, I forget what the name of, of that particular one is, but it's like a speed pass or whatever. When you, when you get gas, yeah, so it's something like that. But I, I'm not sure if it works with. I don't think it works with Google Wallet, and I don't know if it works with PayPal yet or not. But pretty cool once it does. I mean, once this stuff really gets dialed in, you know, it's it's really interesting tech. I think. Uh, I just wonder how much effort is is the Google are the Google engineers putting into this because they're hearing about all of this security breaches and, and issues with it. Well, they should definitely put a little more. If, you know, you know, I mean, keep... what's their focus point right now? I right. Mean, we know Google is really wanting to push social, but this NFC could, like you say, be a big part of social. Right. Well, and all right. it takes is one vector to get in, and you have access to everything, which is dangerous. Yeah, I, I really want to see this NFC stuff take off. I, I find it easier to use in credit cards. Um but isn't that where this is moving? If we can get rid of our credit cards, get rid of our cash, and just use our phones as the portal into our finances, into our health, when you get to your doctor's office, the NFC gets your record. I mean, it seems like you could really put together a lot of aspects of your life into this one one system. Yeah, that's totally that what I want. Yeah, the crap out of anybody else. No. <laughs> no, not at all. I know it scares the crap out of our parents and their parents be, and anyone else. But a few generations, a few more generations, uh, go back think- to the earth, and then a few more newer <laughs> generations are are born. Like once we get pushed forward like that, I think 
it will become less and less ooh scary because I don't know how the magic well, works. I'll tell you what it is. I, I do everything through a credit card, and it's because my credit card company won't pay for stuff if I can show them that it was fraud. I'm never on the hook for anything that happens. <laughs> right. right? That's a uh, good so, point. Yeah, yeah, so I don't worry about handing my credit – I mean, I don't ha- worry about handing my credit card over to the uh, – to the maitre d or whatever to get paid they're really good about fraud so you know if you pay, like if you pay for a bunch of weird stuff they'll they'll catch it you could put a limit alert so that no one can you know charge a thousand dollars of that so what's scary to me is sending your you're paying your bills with a piece of paper in a loosely glued envelope through the mail <laughs> that's terrifying to me um I think, and the phone stuff. I think it's more secure than giving your credit card over because you just you just do it yourself with a credit card. They swipe it. Um, the one argument, the main- though, Shane, what happens when I lose my phone? <laughs> like, why well, are you the, losing the, your the, the, phone? The, the, Don't lose your phone. What are you okay. three? Jesus, that's <laughs> well, so, exactly where I was going with that. What well, if it's not uh, lost? What if it's stolen? Why well, is it not? It's cancel your credit cards. But why is your phone not in your pocket at all times? If you leave that somewhere, then that's on you. Like, why are you leaving oh, yeah. your phone laying Phones around? can slip out of pockets, or they can do all sorts of stuff like that. Not you know when I mean? your phone is magically but a six hundred dollar computer. That should right, never, to, ever. To me, it's it's no less safe than you're losing your wallet. I, exactly. Except when it's, your wallet hits the ground, it doesn't shatter into a thousand tiny pieces. I, look, I have you don't dropped cry Samsung, when your wallet hits the ground. I have dropped right. Samsung phones on concrete floors, and they just break apart. Three pieces. Shatters, I put them back. Right? Yeah, Battery, put them back. front, back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what I do for a little bit of security on Google Wallet, because it's fairly new, is I have a prepaid card. That isn't connected nice. directly to a bank account. So there's only like 150 bucks at a time. And you can and charge just, it whenever? Yeah, I can charge it from a computer. It's a good idea. So that's what I, that's what I do right now. It's um, a very good idea, actually. Link, yeah. link disposable items to those kinds of things. And then have, yeah, have a wall, and then have all of your personal stuff on the other side of that wall. Not to mention, I don't have a credit card that Google Wallet natively supports. So I had to use it. Yeah. <laughs> I had to use the prepaid, but it worked. It works out well for both things. Yeah, you need to have uh, City Mastercard. That's the only one they support. But the gift card, the prepaid card, is makes sense to me. That's better. That's better than credit because you actually have it's to better than credit. It is. All right. Well, let's finish this up. Uh, Miller also said he found bugs in the way NFC parsing code was written on Android Nexus S and a Galaxy Nexus from Samsung, uh, but he did not try to exploit the holes. Uh, at least one of the problems has been fixed in the most recent version of Android ICS, but Gingerbread is still vulnerable. So uh, He didn't just pick on Android. He also went with the Nokia N9 uh, running Mego, which is a Linux-based OS, which accepts NFC requests without user permission if NFC is enabled. Uh, if the default settings are unchanged, Mego allows another device to pair with it via Bluetooth over the NFC reader, even if Bluetooth is turned off. Oops. Now that's Speaking scary. of which, that's has anybody bug. actually used Mego? Nope. No, it's dead. All so, right. me gone. Me long gone. <laughs> it's disappointing, because I thought there was some cool stuff there. I mean, it was a combination of, what, Moblin and something else, and... Uh, it, One it, of the Linux kernels was involved, if I remember right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's a shame, but it lives on in, in open source, so... 
And I think it's going to be reborn, at least in concept. Ubuntu keeps toying with going out with something for a smartphone. Um, at least we had that article, what, a couple months ago, I think? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mark Shuttleworth has been pitching an idea for a while. Yeah. Which, right. I have to admit, does make a lot of sense if you can offer somebody an ecosystem like what Apple does. You've got the Apple TV, you've got the Apple computer, you've got the Apple iPhone, you got the Apple iPad, blah, 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 blah. The whole thing can be put together. Now, if you can get an, a Ubuntu-based ecosystem like that makes a lot of sense if you can pull it off but they're so far behind yeah you just got to get in get an acceptance you know they're not as as recognized as that apple brand is you know what i mean that's that's the big problem with open source open source uh i'm a big proponent of open source i like open source i cheer for open source but it is rarely a innovating te- uh, space. It's a, it's a, somebody else has done the innovating, then we write something to match it type deal. It's, 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 it's always playing catch up. And that's not true in all cases. Cause I know there's probably somebody out there that's done some real ghoul innovation that somebody else Android? has stolen. <laughs> Mike Android. <laughs> uh, but what I'm getting at is that the, the tendency is somebody comes out with something in commercial software and someone says, Oh, well no, I can write that in open source and they go and do it. And, no, it's because it's hobbyists more so involved instead of right. you know employees yep. involved. You know, right. right? And there's a big difference when it when your business or business in general depends on it, and when it's just like yeah, it's for fun hobby. And, yeah. and I think Ubuntu's done some interesting stuff on the desktop because they're they're open source, but they're also a commercial entity. So I'll, I'll be interested in what Ubuntu on the phone looks like. I mean that. I'd be all I, I check it out. I, I'll get a phone. I, I won't. Uh, all right. A few other I, stories uh, I want to wrap up before we do our app picks. Did you guys see Amazon coming out with uh, five or six tablet uh, stock keeping units, different sizes, a 10 inch model? Uh, this is coming out of Parneros. They said uh, no comment from Amazon. But what do you think, Seth? Is this, are we going to see a whole bunch of Kindle flames and fires? Well, I think that. The tablet market, the seven-inch tablet market, particularly in the next six months, is going to be a fascinating place to be. Uh, you know, because right now you would be stupid to buy the Amazon Fire over the G over the Nexus Seven, right? I mean, there's no reason to do that uh, unless you're hooked into the Amazon ecosystem. But you can still play even everything then. On the... Yeah, you can get their apps, right? Except for video, right? Except if you do the Amazon Onbox, whatever, right? Um, so I guess if you are part of the Prime and that's really important to you, that's the only reason I can think to buy the Prime. I mean, to buy the... Uh, but that gets yeah, into a whole uh, other d- d- discussion on are you buying this because it's a tablet or are you buying it as an interface into a market? I think the people that are buying the Amazon Kindle Fire are buying it as an interface into a market. Right, and that's what and I'm I, saying. That's where you have to make the separation. But, but the reason I said it was dumb is because you can get that same market on the Nexus 7, other than other right. than the, the picture thing. I mean, other than the TV thing. Well, per, personally, as an Amazon Prime subscriber, one of the things I would be looking for would be the ability to watch my Amazon streaming video on this device. So if I can't have that, that's of limited use to me, personally. It would be interesting to see okay. how how much better the new Amazon tablets stack up next to the seven. Because I right now Amazon it's all about is the running seven. into the problem that they've brought on themselves. 
right. by splitting Android. Is it the right? price that, point? Oh. That you lose a lot of the functionality. Uh, right. All the interesting stuff that Android's bringing out now, Google Now, stuff like that. They cut uh, themselves off completely from right. being and that's able... Just what, that's right. just what you're going to have to do. I mean, Google is pouring you know, money hand and fist over Android development. Amazon probably isn't, right? Google, I mean, in my opinion, Google's Android will always be better than Amazon's Android. Well, of course. And so the question is, is what's worth it to you, right? If, if, if the video thing is worth it to you, then, you know, maybe. I feel Although, like it would be. probably lots of other ways to do that. Like, why don't you just exact, get yeah. a desktop, what is it, what, you know, one of the syncing desktop things and then run it through Well, I'm your just desktop. thinking go with a different service. I mean, there's a ton of other services out there. You could even use Google's own. It's like getting Netflix, much, I don't much know, but better. Some people don't, some people are like, some people, like Joey said, they already pay for Prime, and it's a great... But that's what I'm saying. Is it enough to get them to switch because yeah, of right. how much well, I, better I think, the tablet is? Personally, I think what they're, what Amazon is going to do is they're going to take their existing Android variant, and they're probably going to put it on a larger device, a 10-inch device, maybe a 9, maybe a 12, who knows, and they're going to run their existing OS based on Gingerbread, it's going to be a low-end hardware requirements. They're not going to have a super huge storage. They're not going to have super huge uh, processors, not a huge amount of RAM, no slots. It's just going to be charging and a touch interface. And because of that, they're going to be able to hit a price point that nobody else can hit with a 10-inch tablet. But the trade-off is that what you've got is a 10-inch aggravated photo frame <laughs> that you can use to watch video and music. Because they just want to use in their cloud services anyway. Right. I think it's a totally wrong strategy for Amazon to be get, to go any further with it. Yeah, but you, you're not talking to the same people I'm talking to that say, oh, my God, I got this Amazon Kindle Fire, and I love it. No, no, no. But what I mean is, yeah. uh, first of all, if you ever run Jelly Bean on a – you ever seen Jelly Bean run on a Kindle Fire? It runs amazing. That um, just came out, didn't it? They got that unlocked yeah. and rocking, huh? Yeah, so the the version of Android that the Kindle Fire is using is terrible. Um they really should just get their Amazon Instant Video app on all Android, and then they'll they'll be everywhere. Shane, is it all... is it too late for them to go back to Google and apologize and say? I don't think so. I don't think so at Never, all. They don't Do even think... need to apologize. They just grab Android's open source kernel. But anyways, right? But I'm saying if they want the blessing, if they want the... help, no, <laughs> you know, do they need to? No. The only thing they the, if they just made the Amazon Instant Video app available on the on the Nexus Seven, people would be using it all the time. Then they just have to compete on content. And they don't have to worry about making a device, yeah. making or, an OS. Or the question, and and the question is, is how much could Amazon actually be making on the hardware? It can't be making that well, much. The not. hardware is a total write off for them. They're they're, so then why are they? Well, then why are they doing it? Because, because when you how get, much do they make by using that as a portal into? Oh, but then, but then back to Shane's point is that if you were to put this Amazon Onbox on the Nexus Seven, which is a much better well, device, right? But listen, that when that fire. fire came out, there was no Seven. They were the only yeah. game in town with that. Yeah. So true. now maybe it doesn't make sense now, but it did back then. Well, they still they could have made the Amazon Instant Video app for phones before. They had the music app. You got the Kindle app. You have the Amazon app, which I use all the time on my phone to buy stuff. Um, yeah. But there's better I, alternatives, I feel like, now. The Google Music app. The I mean, there's an alternative for everyone. But, people, but yeah, I get yeah, Seth. The, 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 the Amazon video makes a lot of sense to me because a lot of people have Prime. A lot of people have Prime. Yeah. And so it's... Uh, 
I mean, I think I think Amazon is going to have to do some soul searching here, right? I mean, if they want to continue in the hardware market, I, what is their goal? Is their goal to make a ton of money eventually, but like Apple does on the hardware sales? I mean, that doesn't seem like well, it I mean, almost low seems... Android tablets. I mean, how much money is Asus making or Google making? I mean, they're barely breaking even is what, you know, that's what, or they were losing money. There were all sorts of different ideas of what that Nexus It almost seems, costs. though, Amazon is in the position to be able to try a few different ones, see what works, and then focus there and, and scrap uh, the rest. Just, no? They, they're going to focus on the apps because they get, did get Amazon Music for iOS, right? right so now right. that people can use, right? They should get their their video app on there. They have their Kindle app, even though... You know, Apple screws it, screws it up. Um, I, you know, Amazon has shown. I think it's been shown if Amazon has the best ebook platform, that it doesn't matter on the other plat if they don't own the other platforms. You're still going to use Amazon first, right? You use the Kindle app on Android and you use it on iOS, and that that's what they should do for video. That's what they've already done for music. That's what I think. I don't think you want to get into the hardware game. And then, and then you know, there's all these rumors that they're coming with a phone next too. Oh, that's that's even more. Interesting. There's been a ton of rumors the last. I heard it was going to be powered by Rim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, we had Google was kind of surprised that so they made the 16 gig version of the Nexus Seven and the 8 gig version. Assuming everyone would what buy the 8 gig version because it was cheaper. Nope. Everyone wants 16 gig versions. Apparently, they didn't make enough. <laughs> so uh, they'll be working on that. They say heavy demand for the 16 gig version has caught them out after it expected more uh, for the eight, which is kind of interesting. What would you? A month since they announced it, huh? eight. Now that, by the way, that's for the UK store. Um, sure. That's a Reuters article, and the US store still has both available. So either that's different over here, or maybe they just have changed their allocation and manufacturing. And it seems that. like eight gigs plus your cloud storage seems uh, good, but depending on what your, you know, how your Wi-Fi is, I guess I, I don't know. I find myself on 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 my Prime. I'm nowhere near my 16 gigs. Plus, it's got an SD slot, but which I get this doesn't have. But half and half. I mean, the the new shows I want to watch that aren't on Netflix. You know, they get copied over to the Prime on, on Wi-Fi, and they're there. Everything else is on Netflix, and I'm not running out of space even over 8 gigs. I mean, maybe you're going to put more games. Those take up space, and as you do that more and more, you will start to, to feel the crunch, but I don't know. The 16 gig is the one I, I would go for, uh, too. I, yeah, Joey, just, well, I just want the Play Store now, and the Nexus is still it's coming soon. They'll notify you when when you can get it. The sixteen. I've seen it. The sixteen. Okay, then either that's changed since I put that in the doc two days ago, or uh, maybe they just ran out. I've seen about fifty-fifty with the people that I've that I've talked to that um, pre-ordered or have it or what have you, and the ones that had that had to go with the sixteen gig are the ones that are hardcore SD card folks. Mm. You know. They they want that extra SD card option, but they, since they can't get that SD card, well, I better get more storage. Yep. You know, well, the and then the other folks on the eight gigs are like, you know what? It's all cloud based anyway, and more than likely after that, I would just delete it off of the SD card and yep. never use up the whole card. So, you know, it's sort of been fifty fifty with me. And when I heard it, it was they pretty much shut it down for now for sixteen. I was like, wow, that many people really need that. <laughs> 
it's such a steal. Nobody, though, listen, nobody needs any of this. These are all toys. These, these, <laughs> no, we do. Life yeah, goes on. I don't, this is a first world problem. I don't want to break it to you guys, but if the internet went away, life would still continue. It would suck, no, it but it would have. Uh, I, 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 I disagree there. Without it. <laughs> really? My, my, you would die if you lost the internet. You have How no I idea. I go stir crazy. I can't do anything. I can't. That's play because anything. our generation oh was spoiled. Is cook, clean, and- All right, app picks. You spoiled little baby brats. Joey, give me an app pick. I'm leaving. Well, you muted me. You. Uh, you muted him, man. <laughs> I unmuted myself. Ha. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Eric, uh, who cannot be with us tonight, uh, feel better soon, bud. Uh, it sent us a, a uh, an app pick before he bowed out. This is an app called Goo Manager Beta, uh, which is a rooted only device and a custom ROM only device uh, app, uh, and it is designed to basically it's designed to pull down the newest compatible versions of the various packages that uh, can't come with your custom ROM, um, but you really need. For instance, the Google Apps, et cetera, et cetera. This is a free Ooh. app. It's still in beta, um, so beta beware. <laughs> yeah. um, and obviously only useful if you're rooted and running a custom ROM. Um, I think it's a great idea. Uh, and it's the the time has come for something like this. There's no reason that it should be this difficult to find uh, a whole bunch of packages. Uh, the way this looks to me is it sounds uh, it it appears to be much like a Linux package manager. It just finds off of various repositories the 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 best and newest version for you, downloads and installs automatically. Uh, but uh, try it at your own risk. Free on the Play Store called Goo Manager Beta. Uh, install it now, buddy. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Only <laughs> I'm not sure if it would work with the uh, with the Nook, um, but oh well. Uh, my uh, app this week is an app called Air Control Light. Uh, this is a freebie. I think it, I ran into somebody that told me it was a free app of the day in the Amazon App Store some time ago. So it was. Uh, I I got that app for free. Did you really? Okay, Four well, version. Did, Mm-hmm. The Air, Air Control Lite is the ad-supported version. Air Control, uh, what is it, Pro or something, uh, is the full version. Uh, I, it depends on how much you use it, obviously, but frankly, it, this one may be worth it. It's not expensive, uh, and basically what you're doing is you're landing airplanes at an airport, um, and they come in different patterns from different locations, and they have to go to different places. Um this is not all that different from the uh, ATC game that I used to play in DOS when I was a kid. So for me, it was a little woo retro trip, except I was working it with a touchscreen, not a keyboard. Um, it's cool. It's fun. It is addictive. Um, and I'll warn you right now, it gets faster and faster the more planes you land. So be prepared to have a little block of time. Yeah, I love that game. It is very addictive. Very addictive. Seth, give me an app pick. So I haven't had a lot of apps lately, but this is an oldie that I like. It's called Asphalt 6. It's um, a car racing game. And uh, it's from, oh, I can't remember the name of the game maker. Um, But it's in the store. And so, yeah, it's just kind of one of your normal game, it's one of your normal racing games, but the graphics are really nice. 
and uh, it's a it's a fun game. So I'm sure there are newer racing games, but this is one I used to play a fair amount. So it's it's really fun. It's called Asphalt Six. Game Loft is the I think that's who makes it. Remember right? They make some awesome games for sure. Yeah. Um. Well, we'll we'll talk about it after this. I wanted to kind of give us a, an update on where the Ouya is with their Kickstarter thing, and they got some uh, new backers as far as developers go. Uh, let's see, Ant, you got an app pick for us? Uh, yeah, it's called Four Player Reaction. I got this um, when it was a freebie with Amazon's free paid app of the day some time back, and found it very useful because of the size of the Droid X screen. Um, you could take two to four players, and it just pops up random um, patterns like, okay, when you see the square on the screen, tap here, or follow this pattern. If it matches, tap here. And sometimes it'll throw out random questions like um, find the capital of, of Germany or something like that. You know, And if it pops up on the screen and whoever hits it first, it gets the point. Um, I haven't tried this on a tablet yet, but I would think it's pretty pretty fun on a tablet if you got that extra real estate. But I mean, I just sit and play with my my kids with the Droid X because it's big enough, and we just go back and forth. You know, I'm faster than you. I saw this pattern first. Or, well, that know. sounds cool. We'll have to try that out for Yats uh, here after the show. It's pretty neat. Now, I believe it's two ninety nine now, um, but I would pay it. It's a pretty neat app. Very cool. Uh, Shane, you got an app pick for us? Yeah, I, I, don't, well, I don't know if you guys have done this one before, but Home Run Battle 2? Yes! You know the game? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's, uh, it's pretty much what it is, Home Run Battle, um, Home Run Derby baseball game. Um, you can play on, you can play against yourself, you can play against players all over the, the world, um, and it's pretty addicting. I don't know how to describe it. Uh, Home Run Derby. Com2, Com2US. And uh, it plays extremely nice on the uh, Nexus 7, I have to say. It works really well on the 7-inch tablet. Um, I don't know how long 2 has been out, but it's uh, been pretty good. And it... Oops. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> so, no playing okay. right now. Yeah, yeah, that kind of gives you an idea of what it looks like. But it's uh, got pretty good. The version 2's got pretty good 3D, 3D graphics. Um, pretty fun game. Right on. All right, I got another game. It's for tablets only right now. I've never heard of it before, but it's so fun. And it's called Auralux. And basically, it's a real-time strategy game, which I'm not a fan of at all. But the way it's... They describe it as an ambient real-time strategy game that simplifies the genre to its strategic core. Now available on Tegra-based phones running ICS. Uh, and I'll show you. I'm in a, I'm in a, <laughs> a game currently right now. Here's what it looks like. And there's, there's amazing sound with it. Uh, you play it with headphones and it just disappeared. You play it with headphones, and it's it's just it's a very calm, soothing uh, game. And basically, your son has to it produces units, and you can use those units to take over other sons, 
or to battle here and as you can see I'm I'm stuck in a stalemate here they can't get me and I can't get much past them <laughs> and so you can <laughs> tap where you want your stuff to go and it's going to go there and they battle and as they hit each other they make different tones you know that looks like a frozen screenshot from guitar hero yeah it's not it's it's so much fun though i i've been just constantly playing it and just battling and it's yeah it's called Orlux. so if you got a prime or any other tagger device uh check it out i believe it's free maybe i don't know maybe i paid for it i don't remember <laughs> i've had it for a while now uh yeah Orlux. so check it out all right uh before before we get out of here, there was something else, maybe. The Ooyah! Yeah, so the Ooyah, let's, let's take a look. The, as you guys know, this is the open source Kickstarter project for a video game, Android video game console. That it just, it's beautiful, it's designed well. Uh, 14 days to go. They have 5,516,300 and $88, divided up between 43,142 backers. And I recently read that some people were kind of concerned that, you know, this is good for small indie developers, but are any of the major developers going to get behind this? And first, my, my first thought was, if they don't, who cares? Because these indie developers, it will give them a chance to become more popular and, and show us what they can do. Uh, and that will then in turn hopefully bring in the bigger game developers. And if not, oh well, we still have great games for it. Uh, I recently read that NVIDIA was going to partner with them or be be part of uh, the developing crew. So that's kind of cool because NVIDIA, they have the Tegra Zone on the Prime. Uh, they have, I mean, that's where I find most of these cool games that I recommend. That's where I found Oralax. That's where I found uh, Dead Trigger. They're all in the Tegra Zone. Uh, and if they get that, if they even just get the Tegra Zone on the Ouya, I think that would be huge. So, pretty sweet. So much money they've they've gotten. I, I think that's great. There's there's so much potential here, especially. I mean, you have Microsoft Connect, you have PlayStation's Move thing. What if you took Google Glass and brought that to the Ouya? I mean, there, there's just so much potential. Like I oh fall asleep at night. Sick, I, I fall asleep at night thinking of potential for this thing. It's just so amazing. Uh, so the Ouya. If you guys want to get me one, that would be awesome. Uh, so, all right. Well, we got Yats here uh, this evening, probably in about half hour. If you guys want to check that out, yet another texture.com slash live. Watch our hangout for that. This has been Attack of the Androids every week. Our Android podcast, Shane Brady stepping in, and Aunt Pruitt. Thank you guys from a new domain. Uh, and then from the AOTA crew, Seth and Joey, of course, always a pleasure. Email show at attackoftheandroids.com. Follow us on the social networks and rate us in iTunes. We appreciate that. If you want to have conversations off the show during the week, we do that on the Facebook page and the Google Plus page. You can also leave comments on the site. So be sure to check that out. And Quick we'll... plug, we're doing the Buffer Overflow show on Saturday this week. Be watching the Buffer Overflow show or actually Matt and my Twitter uh, for when we're going to go live, but should be somewhere around 1 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. That's right. Buffer. Thanks for letting me know. The boss. 
And make sure, if you want to help write the show, send stories to the subreddit, attackoftheandroids.com slash subreddit, and you can vote stories that we put in there also. And we kind of pick from that and whatever is up on the Google News feed for Android for the day, and uh, that's the show. So thanks for listening, guys, and we'll Later. catch you next week. Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids. Attack of the Androids.com.